your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. And welcome to the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter, at Pat Sports Guy. Joining me today as a, a fill-in co-host, uh, my co-host on the Cowboys Beat podcast, uh, Ari Temkin, also helps host the Big 12 radio show on Sirius XM Radio. Uh, Ari, how you doing today, buddy? What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, you know, uh, living the dream, getting ready. Uh, since it is Friday, we got Texas fall camp kicking off, so there's a lot of it's football season, baby. I mean, it's it, the coaches' poll is out. Like that's a, it's yeah. official now. They have to have football, right? Now they have to have football. Yes, they do. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You have the coaches' poll, right? You know, it's funny. <laughs> is a lot of people were like, uh, you know, whenever polls come out, especially preseason polls, everybody wants to talk about. Oh, it's overrated this and that. It's like, well, this isn't right. a media poll. This is what the coaches think. You know, people who are actually on the field. Yeah, it's the USA Today. It's their poll. It's media. It's, the... <laughs> it's, not, it's not. Tom Herman does have a vote, though. He does have a vote. So we're looking at uh, – we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, coming up in a little bit, I uh, got a chat with Dane Brugler. Of the athletic, we're going to talk a little bit about Sam Ellinger. See, how are you going to invite me to do the show and then also have Dane on? I mean, you can't do that. Dane is so good. You can't, you know, it's like you got to have worse people on when I come on, dude. Come on. Oh, man. You can't, you can't be, uh, you can't ask the heavy hitters like Dane to come on and be like, yeah. And by the way, we're also stuck with Ari Time Game today. Yeah, uh, no, it's never stuck with. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the uh, coaches' poll. Uh, top five. We're just going to go through the top five real quick. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana State. Uh, huh? Are you in problems with that, top five? Top four is, yes. Top Louisiana State? I mean, you know what I Scott Linehan is their offensive coordinator right now. <laughs> uh, we're, man, I, I don't know. Like, Louisiana State lost so much. It was a little surprising to see them at five. Right. Georgia at four kind of surprised me a little bit. They're going to be real good with uh, with Jamie Newman coming over from Wake Forest at quarterback. You know, look, they they brought in a new offensive coordinator to hopefully bring Georgia into the 21st century with offense. Yeah. So I, I I mean I, I mean Clemson, Ohio State, obvious one and two. Um, and I, you know, look, I, I I don't have much of a problem with one, two, three, four. I just think there's so many question marks with LSU. I mean, they've got Miles Brennan at quarterback. We haven't really seen much of him. Obviously, Joe Brady leaves. Scott Linehan comes in, which is an odd transformation um i i mean look they recruit crazy good they've got a great core of receivers the best receiver in college football but i don't know i think five could be a stretch could be a stretch all right so let's talk big 12 oklahoma number six they have their questions right now especially talking about the injuries yep uh they got a young quarterback who's thrown what completed seven passes in his NCAA career, um, you know, so has hot has better odds to win the Heisman than Sam Ellinger somehow. Which is, you know, I get it uh, when when you have a head coach who totally. developed a system that the NFL has constantly met with to figure out what he's doing. Uh, when you have a coach who uh, can take a transfer and turn him into a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback three times or twice, he came close the third time with uh, Jalen Hurts last right. year. Finish so I, I understand up. that. Totally. I understand that, but at the same time, you're talking about a coach who hasn't had to develop his guys yet. You know, you could argue the Baker Mayfield maybe because he right. only spent a year right. in tech, but 
Uh, right, Baker's the guy he definitely developed more than any of the other ones, right. but he still was a transfer. So I mean, yeah, but but I mean, he, you know, Rattler has really been there, you know. So I expect that he's going to be as good as advertised. Um, and and much of it is the offense and the system and the way it flows, and it's it's just set up for success. But they're also having to replace CD Lamb, and you know, Charleston Rambo's good. They've got some pieces, but um, you know, it, it's, I mean, I. Oklahoma, you could sort of make kind of the same argument I made with LSU in terms of should they be that high because of all the question marks they have at skill positions. Yeah, you have the, obviously losing CeeDee Lamb, so wide receiver's a question. Uh, you look at defensively, uh, Caleb Kelly was a guy that they expected to do something for him, a linebacker. During fall camp, tears his ACL. He's gone for the year. Yep. You know, so, you know, they have their own questions after losing Kenneth Murray. Uh, Texas comes in at number 14. Shocked at all by that? Too high, too low? Kind of in the wheelhouse? You know, I, I'd say it's it's probably a little bit lower than I maybe expected it to be, but not by much. Um, you know, I guess what I'll say is, you know, it's the preseason poll, but you know, there aren't there aren't these matchups between conferences, right? So, the preseason poll is going to be pretty significant in terms of the way. You know the way this thing's going to shake out. So I like, you know, normally you can kind of scoff at a preseason poll and be like, "Yeah, well, whatever." I mean, you know, this thing will sort itself out. The problem is you're not going to have any of these intersectional matchups. So, like, the preseason poll is a pretty good indication of of what the college football playoff could be. So it's one of those things where it's like where you start really matters here because of that. I think. Yeah, because you're not going to have a number five LSU hosting a number 14 Texas in, on September 12th. Right. Now you lose that matchup. You lose a lot of these matchups like a like a what Alabama had USC. Of course, that matchup's gone. Oregon had Ohio State. You know, so we're, we're losing some of those matchups. Wisconsin, Notre Dame at Lambeau Field. Yeah, there were some good ones. There were some really good ones that we're not going to get to see. Uh, to round out the rest of the Big 12 here, we got Oklahoma State at number 16. Uh, which I think is a good spot for them. I mean, they have their questions as well as anybody else, but, I mean, they have Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, and uh, Spencer Sanders offensively. Well, and they're so, loaded on defense, too. I mean, they, yeah, they, they are they're going to be – this could be one of the better years the Big 12 has ever seen defensively, especially in recent history. And then you've got Iowa State coming in at number 25. And just to go back to talk about Texas for a minute, I was talking with Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, and he thinks that they're too low with everything that Texas is returning on top of, uh, which most people think that they're going to have an improved offense now that Herman's going to be a little hands-off a little more and uh, have Mike Yersich as the play caller and defensively bringing in Chris Ash, who was, um, for all intents and purposes, many felt like he was a big reason why that Ohio State won the national championship in 2014 with that defense. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the, the coordinator hires by Tom Herman. Um, and look, I, I also think like Ash also inherits a defense. that's going to be better. You know, they were just so young and inexperienced last year that like this, I, yeah, I kind of think, and I know like Herman's used this as an excuse, but it's like, it kind of seems like they were kind of set up for this year, but what they, the success they had in the sugar bowl probably changed that, you know? So it was like, they, they go and win the Sugar Bowl, beat Georgia. It was, like, incredible. And, you know, there's all this optimism. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Defensively, they lose a ton, and they're going to be really young. And I think, obviously, their defense was just atrocious last year. So, 
you know, those guys get older, they're significant, you know, there's players come back from injuries. So um, the biggest question mark I have with Texas, I mean, their, their running back group is, in, is loaded. It's, it's going to be remarkable to see how that rotation works out. And then what does their receiving core look like? That's the biggest question mark that I have because, and, and I, I bet some of these guys at running back, maybe, maybe not some of them, maybe just Jordan Whittington will be kind of a slot receiver more used in that category. So the idea is Jordan Whittington playing the slot role. Obviously, he's going to be in competition with Jake Smith, who has the experience. He finished second on the team with six touchdowns. You know, they've kind of talked about using Jordan Whittington in that hybrid role, kind of like what he did in high school. Right. Because he was a a runner and a receiver. You know, there there was some talk about that. Then you look at Brennan Eagles, who, you know, he early on came out and said he's not going to play this year. You know, that that talk's kind of died off because he moved in with Sam Ellinger, and I think – you know, maybe Sam working with him a lot kind of helped him out a ton. And so, but you look at Brandon Eagles on that side, the big question I have is it Joshua Moore or is it Tariq Black who's going to play your Z? Um, obviously, Moore has been in the system. Uh, obviously, he was suspended last season due to a gun charge. But everybody I've talked to, it seems like Joshua Moore is doing great uh, in that term. And, and now he's – kind of in this battle with Tariq Black, which I would give him the leg up on just because Black hasn't been in the system. And Black has his own issues with staying healthy. Where did Matt Miller think they should be? Top 10? Uh, it was kind of like in that 10 to 12 range. Yeah. You know, so a couple spots. And that was kind of what I thought. Like, I thought they could have been higher, but, I mean, I also didn't think it was crazy where they were. So, I mean, I you know. I... Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see. Normally they're of... overrated, so it's I guess it's good for them to be sort of underrated, I guess. Well, you know, it's funny because that was like the first thing I heard is like people were like, I wish people would quit overrating Texas and asking the question. <laughs> you know the question. I've never heard the question before. Is Texas back? <laughs> I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote Sam Ellinger. We're back. Oh, we're back Sammy. to talking about it. That's what we're doing. Sammy boy. And there's a lot to be excited about this year, obviously. Sam Ellinger has grown each and every year, and he should again this year. You know, if you look at what uh, Mike Yersich did at Oklahoma State several years ago, he had Mason Rudolph, and you saw what he did with him in offense. And and if you're going to ask me who do I think is a better quarterback, Mason Rudolph or Sam Ellinger, I'm going to say Ellinger. Just because Ellinger has that – ability to move around the pocket, use his legs. You know, that's why I think he just – he makes the offense more dynamic. But that's going to be a question we're probably going to have all year long. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, one of the big questions going into the season last year was, is that sustainable? You know, and you can't lose him and still have the, the success you think you could have. And obviously, you know, you just don't want to leave your quarterback in a situation where he can get hit and take hits and get hurt. But that's just the way he plays the game. And that's a, that's a, that's a major – advantage for this team and even you know and in, in, in talking to Sam Ellinger last year during our, our Sirius XM spring caravan in Austin which we missed this year um, you know it was kind of like the balance between you know trying to rein in running versus you know uh, using it as a major weapon for the Texas offense and, well, and I it's think obviously that, still a thing to watch I, I think it is something to watch but one thing that I will say is you might see it this year where the running backs are more involved uh, as far as receiving out of the backfield uh, obviously, Keontae Ingram is a good receiver. Roshan is a good receiver. But I think the guy that you're really going to have to watch as the season progresses is going to be B. John Robinson. He is a really good receiver. And, uh, you know, obviously he's a good runner. Uh, we know about the running skills. But 
I, I've seen the videos of him receiving wise and he's got some of the best hands I've seen for a back. So it's going to be really interesting to see how, how it works with Mike Yersich and how that offense, you know, works out. But coming up next, I am going to get into my conversation with Dane Brugler. We're going to find out what he thinks of Sam Ellinger and is he the best draft eligible quarterback in the big 12. Before we get into our conversation with Dane Brugler from the athletic, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is making it so simple right now. It's so easy. During this pandemic, this quarantine time, you don't want to get out. You don't want to go to an auto play store. Do you want to go to AutoZone or O'Reilly's or all the different AutoZone type places? No, you don't. You're grocery shopping, you do it online now. You just drive right up and pick it up. You go to Amazon for everything else you need. So why not do the same for your automotive? Go to rockauto.com. Low prices. It's very affordable. Convenient. Uh, you can do it right from your computer. It just takes a few minutes. Every make, every model. You need a headlight? Or maybe you like Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints and you need a new tailgate for your truck. You can get it right there online. Like I said, every make, every model. Every style model. LT, LX, EX. They got them all. So why don't you check it out? Go to rockauto.com. And when you check out, just tell me your friends over at Locked On Longhorn sent you. Now I want to welcome in Dane Brugler to the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. You can find all of his work on The Athletic. Follow him at DP Brugler on Twitter. Uh, Dane, long time since we sat down and had a chat, but you know we're in the thick of uh, opt-out season. Uh, figured we'd talk a little bit about the NFL draft uh, on, on just who you think is, is going to make a name for themselves for the University of Texas moving forward. Yeah. And, and, you know, with Texas, uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised when I sat down this summer and uh, flipped on the tape and, you know, they've got plenty of names that, you know, are well known around college football, um, starting with quarterback Sam Ellinger. Uh, and I tell you what, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw. Um, I, I thought uh, Ellinger, Ellinger was not only, um, you know, one of the better uh, senior quarterbacks, but he actually made my top five uh, when I uh, previewed the position, uh, including the underclassmen. So um, high praise. I think he's – and talking to scouts, you got the same vibe. Um, there's a lot of uh, third-round grades, fourth-round grades. I talked with one team had had a preseason uh, second-round grade on him. So I think, you know, what we saw from um, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, – can I mention Jalen Hurts? Is that okay on this on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. We, we we talk a little bit about Oklahoma. On okay, okay. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts go, you know, mid second round last year, and we, you know, the NFL, you know, you have to evolve with the game, and the NFL, some teams are doing that, and they see the value of a Jalen Hurts and what he offers with, uh, you know, the competitive spirit, uh, the intangibles, and then on the field, uh, you know, he's not the most prolific passer, but he can use his legs, he can. Uh, just do different things. And with Ellinger, I think there are some things where I need to see him uh, be a little more on point with uh, his ball placement. Um, and, you know, he got his room to grow. But when you watch him, he's using his legs. He's so tough. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, that, that offense that Texas uses, there's, there's a lot of movement. It's designed 
to move the pocket and get Ellinger out in space and just use that part of his game. It's, it's something that's really hard to defend. So uh, I, I think there's, you know, he's in his toughness is a big factor because he'll welcome the rush uh, because he knows he can escape. He will welcome uh, extra defenders coming his way because he knows that's going to leave a void in the defense somewhere. So I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, he has room to improve, but Sam Ellinger is uh, one of the top, quarterback prospects this year which I honestly did not really expect uh you know back in April before I really started on this class but uh, you know he's one of the top two or three senior quarterbacks this year yeah there's there's been a lot made about that do you think a a kind of a change in philosophy like you talked about the NFL and how scouts are, are viewing these players uh like I don't think in recent years you know in the last few years a player like a Kyler Murray uh, 10 years ago goes no, goes first in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you think a lot of that has to do with it. Do you think the addition of Mike Yersich coming over from Ohio State is going to make that big of an impact on Sam Ellinger as far as his draft stock? I'm interested to see what kind of impact it will make because, uh, you know, obviously the offense has been tailored uh, really well for Ellinger, uh, for Ellinger. And, you know, what is with a new play caller coming in um, and, you know, Tom Herman kind of, you know, we know Tom Herman likes to be involved in the offensive game planning and he still will obviously, uh, but him taking more of a backseat approach and uh, that, that will be an interesting wrinkle to see, you know, if we see that development and, you know, multiple coaches, it's just more opportunity for Ellinger to, to learn and, and get better. And so, um, you know, it's, I think as he goes into his senior year, there's a lot to be optimistic about, a lot of things that, uh, you know, you see that translates, but also some things he needs to work on. And so um, eager to see if he's able to, uh, you know, how the offense looks different. Um, I'm sure we're still going to see a lot of zone reads. Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of, uh, you know, horizontal throws to set up the, the big shots. And the, and the other thing, too, not just the play caller, but, you know, with Colin Johnson not there, with Duvernay not there, uh, with these, you know, the new receivers uh, as part of that offense, uh, you know, that, that'll play a part, too, in, in what this offense looks like. Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions as far as, you know, who's playing outside, Brennan Eagles, who's running slot. Slot has been a big – has been the big contributor in offense the last several years. Uh, where you talk about little Jordan Humphrey, uh, he was kind of playing that slot, kind of Z-roll, because they had Colin Johnson on the outside. And then last year, obviously, we know what Devin Duvernay did. Um, you know, so they're kind of looking at Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington. You know, those are some guys that we're kind of looking at. Uh, I want to talk about the offensive line. Uh, the big name, obviously, this year is uh, Samuel Cosme. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Cosme. And are people underrating uh, the new center in, in Derek Kerstetter, who's moving over from right tackle? Yeah, and Kerstetter, real quick. He he was he was so good at tackle, and so that that transition will be interesting to see how he does with it. I think in terms of his pro prospects, I, I think that's a good move for him. And so uh, eager to see how that works out with Cosme. Um, you know, I think it's the the big question is okay. You know, uh, Penny Sewell, he's the top offensive tackle prospect this year, junior out of Oregon. He's going to be a top five pick most likely. And then who's OT number two? Who is going to be that second tackle drafted? And I think Cosme is right there in that conversation. Redshirt junior, goes back uh, for another year. Uh, he's so quick out of his stance. He stays square to his target. Uh, he's good with his hands, and he stays in rhythm. So his hands, his eyes, his feet, they're on the same page. 
Now, there are some times where he's a little late and he'll give up his chest, and that's where he can get bullied, and that's where you see his leverage start to work against him. Um, so, uh, you know, needs to anchor down uh, and, and just protect himself a little bit better, get his timing down, and I think he'll get there. Um, it, it, so it's just more repetition with him. Everything I've heard from on campus about Cosme is he's a great kid, self-made, works at it. The coaches really like him. Teammates really like him. So this is not a player you have to worry about not reaching his potential because he's going to put every ounce of what he has into his game to try to get the most out of it. Yeah, it was a little bit interesting to kind of hear. You know, I know recruiting rankings and whatnot, people like to say they're overrated, but you talk about a guy who came in as a three-star recruit, but he had to work for everything that he got, kind of like you were saying. Um, he's going to put in the work. Do you feel like he's a first-round uh, draft pick because Texas, as far as Texas is concerned, they haven't had one since Malcolm Brown to the Patriots in 2015. Is this going to be the year they finally get back into the first round? I think there's a good chance that's that's how it could end up. Um, I, I think right now, if I'm just going to list the players, I think he's more of a top 50 guy than a top 30 guy. So I, I think he's right on the cusp, uh, borderline first rounder. But, you know, he's got a few things going for him. I, I think he's going to get better this year. Um, and so I think that, that'll – a chance to rise up the boards. But then also, uh, like I said, we're kind of you – know, we're trying to figure out who's that OT number two after Sewell. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, promising candidates but not proven candidates. And so I think it's a good year for, for him to be a part of it. If he was in last year's class – He's what sixth or seventh offensive tackle drafted. We had so many guys. It was such a top-heavy class yep. this year. It's not really that. There's more unproven guys than anything. So I, I think that if he does, you know, because technically could still go back for a senior year, only a redshirt junior. If he does enter the 2021 draft, um, you know, it's a it's a good year to do that. And he plays a position that we know NFL teams need offensive tackle help. Um, so you know, even if he does great as a second-round prospect still has a chance to go in the first round just because of supply and demand and teams looking for those offensive tackles. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, to, when I look at this class, uh, obviously Panay Sewell is, you know, head and shoulders above everybody. Uh, when I look at, you know, like you said, OT2, I look at Samuel Cosme. Um, I've kind of looked at the kid from Alabama, Alex Leather, Leatherwood, mm -hmm. in, the, in that mix. So I think, I think you're dead on there. Kind of want to switch gears, go to the defensive side of the ball. There's a couple of names that I wanted to throw at you to see kind of where you see them. Um, obviously, the, there's a lot of buzz and a lot of hype surrounding Joseph Asai. Mm -hmm. uh, moving to that jack roll, being more of a pass rush specialist under this Chris-ass defense. Um, do you think he can kind of work his way into that top 50 buzz? or, or Because he seems like he has the prototypical size for a, a pass rusher at the next level. Yeah, he's well built, um, and he gets after it. Uh, he's got strong hands. Um, he is not afraid of contact. He'll go through blockers. Um, you know, like you mentioned, he's he's got the size six three two fifty five. Uh, you know, being a Nigerian native, uh, you know, coming here, adapting football is kind of uh, you know his game. And seeing him grow the last few years, I I just I still have questions. Uh, you know, if, in terms of where he ranks among the other you know, more proven pass rushers uh, that we currently have in college football, but definitely a guy that will have our, have, I'll have my eye on as an evaluator, um, seeing what number 46 does uh, playing that Jack position. I, I think that ability wise, talent wise, when it's all said and done, if you told me he's going to be a top 50 player 
I would not be surprised at all. I don't think he's there yet. I'm not ready to, you know, put him that high, but uh, definitely has the potential to get there. Yeah, I think with the the bowl game, the Valero Alamo Bowl against mm-hmm. Utah, that really put him on the map. Like, I think that's where people started to, you know, raise their eyebrow a little bit. I'm like, okay, he can do this. You know, he can play around the line of scrimmage. He can be disruptive. Um, you know, it's it's been one of those things that Texas has really missed a – a good pass rusher for several years. Uh, I mean, obviously Cosme, or I'm sorry, Cosme, Osai led the team last year with five, but he got three of those in the bowl game. So that just shows you the lack of pass rush that they've had the last couple of years. It might be a big reason why they struggled. Yeah. And, you know, they've had a few guys um, uh, who they had uh, two years ago who Charles went to the Yes. Uh, went to the Texans and uh, has played fairly well, um, you know, and, I think they have, you know, talking about, you know, Ocho or Okafor. I mean, they, they've had guys over the years who um, have been good college players, average prospects, but still, you know, they're hanging around in the league. Uh, and so, you know, Osai, he could be the best of the group, uh, you know, if he puts together this junior year like they think he's capable. Yeah. And then the there's on the, on the back end, it seems like there's always a safety or a cornerback that people are talking about in Texas. Obviously, Caden Stearns is a guy that we've kind of circled, uh, looked at. He had a great breakout year his freshman year. He had four interceptions, made freshman All-American teams. Uh, Last year, didn't have the interceptions, was injured. Is he still viewed as one of those guys who could take that step in his junior season? Consistency is going to be a big factor for him Um, because I I think you you set it up well. He was such a – uh, you know, breakout star as a freshman, true freshman, coming in there, making an impact, and you think, okay, this is going to be, you know, Texas's next first-round safety. Um, but last year, uh, some of his uh, some of his warts were kind of exposed, um, and so it's something where he needs to get back to, uh, well, what we saw that the, some of those flashy plays we saw as a freshman and eliminating those mistakes. Uh, so can he get there? Uh, yeah, I, I think he can, but right now. You know, talking to scouts about him, uh, I hear fourth-round grades, fifth-round grades. So right now, I don't even think he's a day-two player or a top 100 pick. Uh, needs some uh, needs some rehab with his with his uh, draft stock to get uh, back in the good graces of uh, NFL teams. Do you think he might be one of those candidates that he needs a senior season to really solidify himself as a top 100 prospect? Yeah, it really, it's just we'll see what this year brings. You know, there's so much uncertainty this year with, uh, you know, how many how many games are we going to see them play? Um, you know, is it going to be a chance to enough practice time to really develop and fix some of the things they need to work on? So, uh, you know, the the Texas secondary, uh, there's some, you know, guys coming back. So they, they, they lose uh, Brandon Jones, but they've got some guys coming back. So it should be a, a – a unit that's has some veteran presence to it. So I'm looking this, I'm excited to see what he can do because this safety class, um, you know, there's, there's some pretty good names, uh, but there's no reason why Stearns can't put himself in that mix as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions I wanted uh, before I let you go. Obviously you talked about the uncertainty of what's going on in, in college football right now. How many games are we going to play? Uh, the opt out seemed to be, a story that's talked about a lot. We know Micah Parsons, who's who is viewed as a top prospect. Uh, he's opting out of the season. Is when you look at the Texas roster, is there any player that you on the roster that you think could be a potential opt out player this year? Yeah, you know it's tough because it's such a personal decision. Um, you know it's it, it's so hard to say because it's 
it's something that it comes down to a person's comfort with uh, with what's going on, the pandemic and their family yeah. situation. And so it is really hard to say. I think that Cosme, um, you know, he's, uh, in my opinion, he's the, you know, Texas top prospect. So, you know, uh, you know, I don't think that he was super close to coming out last year. And so I would guess that he is not going to be one of those opt-out players, but you just never know because, again, it's, it's an incredibly personal decision. Um, you know, the, so far the players we've seen, you know, with Micah Parsons, Penn State, Rashad Bateman uh, from uh, Minnesota, um, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, and then most recently just happened today was Miami's Gregory Rousseau, the pass rusher. All four of those guys are first-round picks. And so, you know, we haven't had that – I'm sure we're going to hear about some guys you know, who are mid-round picks that you know, eventually will get there. But so far, it's only been the highly higher-rated guys that have uh, made this decision. Yeah, and uh, also, the USA Today coaches poll came out. Texas came out ranked 14th. Uh, Oklahoma came in at 6th. Uh, and Oklahoma State, 16th. Uh, and then, of course, Iowa State down at the bottom at 25th. Uh, when you look at where Texas ranked, are they too high, too low, or – right kind of in your wheelhouse where you think they should be. Yeah. I mean, I think they, that, that sounds fair. Um, you know, the second rank second in the, in the conference was behind Oklahoma. Um, you know, it's uh, coming off a season where maybe it didn't go quite as planned, but it's not like it was a disaster, but you have your senior quarterback coming back. Um, you know, you've got some depth at running back where you think that could be a strength of your team. Uh, the offensive line, I think, has gelled well. Um, the receivers, that's where you have some questions. You know, I'm really, I'm really interested, interested to see Tariq Black, uh, the transfer from Michigan, to see how he fits in because I, I liked some of what he put together uh, during his time with the Wolverines and think that he could bring kind of that, that big brother quality to that wide receiver room, be a leader and something that maybe translates over to the field. Um, and, and then on defense, I think you, you think they're, they're going to be better this year. They're, they're going to make improvements. So, you know, I think Texas uh, is you – know, are they a national title, title contender? I, I don't think so. I think when they match up with Oklahoma, Oklahoma will be favored. But, you know, I, I, you know some of these other Big 12 programs, um, you know, I'm not sure that, uh, that they're better than Texas. Oklahoma State with Chuba Hubbard coming back. Uh, really, you know, big fan of their quarterback, uh, but it's, it, you know, I still, with the Ellinger at, at quarterback, I think I'd still lean that direction. Yeah, I, that's, I kind of agree with that, where you're going there. Uh, and the last question, obviously, I want to know, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, who's getting drafted higher, Brock Purdy or Sam Ellinger? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, with, uh, with Purdy, it, it's a little tough because, you know, there's a lot of Jake Fromm to his game um, where he's not the physical Marvel, average size, average arm. Um, you know, I think he's a little bit better of an athlete, but he's not, um, you know, just he doesn't have the athleticism of Ellinger. Um, and so I think he's maybe a little bit more advanced. Uh, so I, I, I would right now, I would lean that I would say they're very close. I think they're both um, like they say, they both have third round grades. Um, I, I think they're very similar. Actually, when I was doing my, I, on my quarterback preview for the athletic, um, I had what Trevor Lawrence was one, uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota state was two, uh, three was Justin Fields from Ohio state. I think all three are going to be first round picks. And then that's where things are, really got interesting. And Kyle Trask from Florida, who I'm a big fan of, he was next. 
uh, at, at number four. And then I really struggled with that fifth spot. I mean, who is going to, I really considered Brock Purdy and I was very close to putting Purdy in there. And then, um, you know, I, I decided to go with Ellinger. So I, I guess right now I, I would, you know, personally I would lean towards Ellinger, but you know, Purdy, I think is right there. I think there, it's a very close, uh, uh, you know, see if you if you wanted to tell me it's going to be Purdy, I wouldn't argue with you because I think it makes it makes sense. They're they're both kind of in that third round range right now, looking to uh, show why uh, they should be drafted higher. Yeah, I you know I can't discredit anything that you said there. I I think I agree with a, a ton of it. I kind of view Ellinger a little higher because of the athletic ability and what he can do outside when you move pocket around. Dane, I appreciate you hop on. Make sure you're following Dane at DP Brugler on Twitter and. Make sure you're checking out his work on The Athletic. It is definitely worth the price of admission. Dane, thanks again for hopping on. Anytime. Thanks, Patrick.